0: Welcome to the Why Did I Get Cancer podcast. I'm Deborah Herlax Enos, a small town girl turned TV nutritionist and healthy living expert. I design health programs for the average guy or gal, including those average guys named Metallica. On September 1st, 2020, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I asked every oncologist the same question, why did I get cancer? But none of my doctors had good answers for me. I wanted answers, and that's why I started this podcast. I want to help you to lower your cancer risk and provide self care tips for those in the battle. I'm getting answers, and I want to share them with you. What did I take away from today's episode? So many things. Probably my favorite is to try to get more morning sun. Get up. Get outside, and it's a simple ancestral hack that can really help me to sleep better that night because it's going to reset my circadian rhythm. Listen to the rest of the podcast to get more great tips. And I have to say, nourish is probably one of my favorite words because it just—it's—it's—it sounds amazing. You're out in the sunshine; it's like a warm hug uh, with food and lifestyle. So let's talk about some of these ancestral hacks that could protect us not only from cancer, but many other diseases.
1: Absolutely. So I want to start with the fact that the earth offers us antioxidants. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier grounding, I think, in passing, and I just want to elaborate on that. So we spend our lives insulated from the earth. It's so strange. Our ancestors were barefoot and outside three quarters of the time, and we Think about it. We rarely as adults go out barefoot and three quarters of the time, at least we're indoors. We're in these little kind of cages of our own making. And so Mm -hmm. there is healing that comes from being in nature. Absolutely. Even just seeing trees and birds that lowers your cortisol level. That's amazing. That's a de-stressor. But putting your feet actually on the ground allows you to absorb the earth's negative charge. And that's a negative charge that can jump onto and attach to the free radicals that can be cancer causing. So Mm -hmm. every day, if you don't get outside barefoot, which I understand right now it's winter when we're recording this, so you might not want to do that. You can still lean against a tree. You can still find a way to get that earth's energy. It's a free gift and nearly as tasty as berries that also give you antioxidants.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that because I'm, I'm a big grounder. even when we had snow in Seattle a couple weeks ago and I had COVID, I went outside and it was, I don't know, 18 degrees and snowing and just walked around my yard for a bit in flip-flops. And then I got a little braver and took my flip-flops off as my husband's in the house laughing and taking pictures. But... So I'm I'm a big believer in that especially after growing up on a little farm in northern California. I I really believe that most of us just don't get outside enough. It's cold, it's this, it's that. We have all kinds of things we can say. But then once you're out there, it's it's really seconds before you're feeling a little perspective shift.
1: Absolutely. A friend of mine, Thaddeus Owen, he's the primal hacker on Instagram. He says, take a sun break instead of a smoke break. You know, and (laughs) You can't possibly be so busy that you can't get outside for 15 minutes. And I'm speaking to myself as well. You know, we just get kind of mesmerized with work at our computers or whatever we're doing. But even if you have like little kids and you're at home, it's like, you can be like, hey, you guys, let's go outside before lunch. 15 minutes. You set the timer. doesn't have to be long. What are you doing? You're boosting your mood. You're lifting your energy. You're getting the antioxidants from the earth. And the sun is also a nutrient. It actually Mm -hmm. gives us nourishment some people say every human being on the planet is a light eater because think about it if you eat a carrot it got sunlight to grow if you Mm -hmm. eat a steak the the cow hopefully got out in the sun and (laughs) the grass it's eating definitely did and so it's a converter of that light so nothing beats getting it directly from the source so one thing Mm -hmm. that i do that's an ancestral hack is i definitely make time for more sun during my day but i also make sure to get the early morning sun Because Mm. that sets my circadian rhythm. And so it makes it, um, first of all, it's like a cup of coffee in a way. It it gives me energy. It um, increases my melatonin production, which helps me sleep more profoundly at night. It can rev your metabolism. It can do all these things. I just want to challenge whoever's listening right now. Get outside and try to get that morning sunlight for two weeks in a row and you'll never look back. I used to be, Deborah, a night owl. I -hmm. was up late at night. Once my kids are in bed, I was like, okay, let me get a few things done on the computer and around the house. You know how you do. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm super one minutes, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., I'm still going strong. Mm -hmm. I did not know that the blue light from my screen was going to my pineal gland and affecting my hormonal production and all the things. And I was getting a second wind because my body thought it was midday because of that light. It didn't realize it was night. So um, now that I've learned a little bit more about sunlight and its power, I take in less screen light at night, less blue light. I put on my blue blockers or I avoid my phone and my computer. So then I'm mm-hmm. able to get more profound restorative sleep. And let me just tell you this. I always thought I was getting a good night's sleep. I was like, okay, I was in bed seven, eight hours. Okay. That's you know good enough. I didn't know there were stages. And the, so the depth and that restorative sleep that we need um, mm-hmm. really is a matter of quality, not just quantity. And that is affected by your light exposure. So if if you get more sunlight in the morning, more sunlight throughout your day, less artificial light at night, you're bound to sleep better. And as we know, that is also a detoxing system sleep is. It's like nature's mm-hmm. dialysis, natural dialysis of getting toxins out of the body. Mm-hmm. And so I really, really recommend those things for better health and better mood and the whole shebang.
0: Okay. So that it, are you saying then that if we go out first thing in the morning, what, I mean, maybe you can tell us more about, you know, is it right at sunrise and then how long do we need to be out there for that to impact our sleep that night? It's really hard to get up at the minute the sun rises. Well, it's just,
1: as a former night owl, I still sometimes am like, okay. yeah,
0: it's probably not going to be my cup of tea.
1: 5.30 a.m. That sounds crazy. <laughs> what I learned from Jack Cruz, the neurosurgeon I was mentioning, and then Thaddeus Owen, they both say we've become far too comfortable. We're always regulating our homes and our cars to warm us in the winter and to cool us in the summer. And so our bodies don't have to work very hard to keep our core temperature stable. So this may Mm. be one environmental factor that could lead to cancer or imbalance in the body, that we're not exposing ourselves to the natural temperature outside. So I'm not saying we should be outside when it's, you know, 12 degrees for hours on end, but we can get out there more. Um, so that is one thing that we should do as best we can. But in terms of the morning sunlight to answer your question, Dr. Jack Cruz and Thaddeus Owen both say Get out within 30 to 45 minutes of sunrise. In other words, the earlier you get out, the better. And do try to look in the direction of the sun. And I know some days it's cloudy or raining. The sun's still there. (laughs) But yes, I make an effort to get out there. And I have a dog, so that makes it easy. So I get out every morning. And that kind of helps me stick to my plan. Um, And then what I do is I stack my hacks. So I see the sun. So that is setting my circadian rhythm. It's helping boost my metabolism and and giving me energy and feeding me in a way. But I also will sometimes in the winter even go out in a tank and shorts because I'm trying to adapt to the cold at the same time. So I'm challenging myself on a lot of different levels, but it's really exciting. If you catch that morning sun, even just for two weeks straight, you're going to get hooked. You're not going to look back. I was a night owl and that totally flipped. My husband was astonished. And that was years ago and I'm still going strong. So I thought I couldn't do it, but I guess like with everything, Deborah, like you just take a couple steps in the right direction and then you'll get some momentum. It would be hard to stop or to start rather out of the blue. So maybe you and I can do a little challenge on Instagram or something to get people rolling with it. It really is satisfying. And for those who have young kids and want to get every ounce of sleep they can get, I understand because I've been there before too. But I would just say, get out as early as you can in the morning with the kids, make it a little game um, and Mm -hmm. say, this is what we do before breakfast, make it a little habit. And then no matter what the weather, they'll also learn to appreciate their own place in this universe, their own connection with nature, which I think is also really helpful for a a healthy, balanced life.
0: I love that. And I I think one of the things that so many people do this time of year, millions actually, is we do all these New Year's resolutions and it's lose 20 pounds by... Valentine's Day, and it we just set the bar so high. So honestly, what you're saying is go outside for probably five or eight minutes, walk your dog, look in the direction of the light, and you'll sleep better that night. So the payoff is huge for this little teeny tiny hack. And aside, Benny,
1: could be weight loss. I know some people that all they did was see the morning sun and after a couple Mm -hmm. weeks they lost weight. So don't change anything. Do it a little experiment on yourself. Don't change anything else but getting that sun and see what happens. I think it's fascinating.
0: I think it's fascinating too. And again, this is how people lived a long time ago, or if you're currently a farmer or a rancher, this is how you live. You're up early milking cows and doing all the things. Yep. And just to add one
1: thing. Yeah. So, and what we're trying to do, we know that we live in this modern world and it does have all these toxins and things, but the more natural choices we can make the better. So this is not going to be injurious in any way <laughs> that you yeah. get the morning sun. It is not injurious to get outside and expose yourself to the cold in short little bits. Um right. I started with these shiver walks I've been talking about and now I I jump in ice holes. I'm no whim Hof, you know, I'm not like that I don't swim underwater for, you know, minutes on end, but I <laughs> I do enough. So it's a hormetic stressor. It's like working out with a weight. You know, it's challenging right. for a bit, and then I move on, and my body is the better for it.
0: Right. And so not only, you know, is this doing some great things for your body, just again, that being outside, that activity level, and connecting with nature just does amazing things for your head. It just, I always, I never feel so good as when I'm outside.
1: I know. It's amazing. It's absolutely
0: amazing. It is such a
1: natural healing modality that doesn't cost a thing, and it's right outside your door. It
0: doesn't cost a thing. And again, as you mentioned, so many of us stay in all day long. And I think um, in this season we've been in for the last two years of isolation, it's made it even easier to stay inside because people are really scared to go outside.
1: They are. And, and just
0: yeah. as you said, it, it reduces
1: our stress level. It is it is healing. Um, being with people is the same thing. So I think that's been an unfortunate recommendation that's been made. Uh, that's not something that has been necessarily enforced in the U.S. Um, in terms of getting together with other people, but people have voluntarily chosen to stay right. separated from one another. And I'm afraid that it's, uh, well, actually, I know I'm not even just afraid. It's affecting our mental health, and our mm-hmm. physical health as well. So, uh, to the degree that we can, and people are willing to, I, I suggest two things. One is turning off the TV, <laughs> getting out in nature. And the second would be connecting with a, a neighbor or friend. It is mm-hmm. vital. Bruce Lipton, who I've interviewed on the podcast, I think he's the author of the biology of belief. He talks mm. about how we're like little batteries and we get energy from one another. Like I am more energized right now, Deborah, cause I'm talking to you than I would be if I was just answering emails or right. doing anything else. This connection now, this is, virtual, but it's still, it's, it's second best to being together in person, you know, so there's still something positive happening here. So to, like I said, to the degree that you're willing to do, look for ways to connect with other people, because this is something our ancestors had that helped them remain in good health. I have a little COVID story to tell, if I can tell real quick. Absolutely. Um, Deborah, I was in Ecuador in June and July, and I got to be a part of this amazing Inti Raimi festival. It's a tradition going on for Centuries, if not millennia, for these quichua people. And um, this community gets together, they celebrate the sun. It's almost like a Thanksgiving thing. They have a big meal in their plaza together in their various communities. And to make a long story short, I was talking with one of the women, Christina, there in the community. And she said, you know, in pretty much in June of 2020, a lot of community members got sick with COVID. And she mm. said, What we did was we a bunch of the women and I got like 20 medicinal plants and we took them to each family. And she said, no one was hospitalized and no one died. And my first reaction was, can I see the list of those plants? (laughs) No kidding. But then I realized, oh, look at the context in which those plants were given. They were given mm-hmm. in the context of community and love and support. Like, that's what we need. Maybe those those medicinal plants were also also local to Ecuador, so they're probably perfect for those people. Right. But maybe if I gave you a box of chocolates and I gave it to you <laughs> in the context of love and community, that would do yeah, you as much good. I agree.
0: And so fascinating how important community was during that season, even though people might have been nervous or concerned or scared, they still really went after community. They did, absolutely, and nature.
1: I interviewed mm-hmm. uh, Mama Rosita, who was this healer, midwife woman uh, from that same community, Santa Bárbara, and she said, you know what, Hilda, I got COVID, and I was in the hospital, and I was in a pretty bad shape. Mm. She said I had an IV in my arm, and, you know, they were kind of shaking their heads at me, the doctors and stuff. And she actually is a, a midwife that works at this hospital, but she said to herself, do I want to die here or at home? And she was like, mm, at home. She pulled the ivy out. She went home, but not only did she return to her community, she went outside. She said, Helda, I heard the birds singing. I went out in the forest. She did drink some soups, okay, but she recovered. And I think it was that connection to community and nature that really helped her through.
0: Wow, so powerful. So powerful, and we've lost that. I mean, not all of us, um, but we've, but a a good amount of us have really lost. I think feeling peaceful in a community. And I know at the beginning of COVID, I was very concerned. I grew up when I grew up, I had asthma. And so I was very concerned. I watched way too much news. And I really reduced my exposure dramatically. Um, And I kind of had a little quarantine pod of a couple of neighbors. But, you know, we all have our way we handle things. And I'm doing things differently now. But I really missed my community. And I feel like it impacted my health.
1: Yes. And now, I've been around some people recently, Deborah, who were like, oh, like they're shocked when they see people. And I'm like, "Mm I don't think it was meant to be like that. So you said we've lost and then you've corrected yourself and you've said we. some of us have lost. I think it's, it's right at our fingertips. It's really yeah. right next door. And again, I'm not trying to hug people that don't want to be hugged or be with people who don't want to be with me. Okay, fine. But anyone who's willing, I'm ready because I think <laughs> it is so... Positive for our bodies to have that exchange of DNA. I think one scientist mm-hmm. recently saying, "You're actually hurting me by staying away from me because I need to have that exchange of the the biome, you know, the the viral and the microbiome that surround sure, right. each of us. You know, your mm-hmm. particular you know layers of bacteria and and such on your body benefit mine. We are only stronger because of our exchanges. So that that's how I see it. So anyone who's willing, <laughs> a holistic Hilda gives hugs. Let me just say that. <laughs>
0: So does, why did I get cancer? Come on over, line up, because I'm a hugger. And I really missed it in the last two years. So yeah, so isolation has has not been good for us. And I'm just wondering, are we going to see um, higher disease rates of all diseases, including cancer, in the next couple of years? Well, you know
1: what, as you and I have been talking, I, I'm very aware too that mindset makes a difference positivity mm-hmm. makes a difference so i'm not gonna speak that over us so to speak i believe people who choose to ignore ancestral wisdom may find themselves um, with a compromised health i don't wish that for them but right. i've learned too much deborah to go back to how i used to live it was a uh, you know, cereal for breakfast and, uh, well, not really TV at night. I've never been a TV girl, but you know, go on the computer at night. In other words, Mm -hmm. making choices that weren't best for my body, even though I was an exercise professional. So I was teaching exercise classes three times a week, but I'd burn the candle at both ends. I didn't pay attention to my sleep. Um, you know, I did some things right. I'm not trying to make it like I was a horrible person, but the point is um, if you are on a journey where you're covering your ears and closing your eyes to natural ways to support your health, you may end up in a diseased or imbalanced position. But Mm -hmm. if you listen to your body and listen to the wisdom of the ancestors, get outside, connect with community, nourish yourself as best you can, then you're going to have a much better outcome. And even if just like you are living proof, Deborah, of this, even if you do have some sickness or disease that comes upon you, you will be more able to, to fight it and to cultivate health um, because you've been involved in these healthy habits that our ancestors were so, you know, attuned to.
0: Right, right. And I was reading an article yesterday, and this person was saying, your immune system isn't like a little piece of tissue paper where it's fragile. It's actually quite strong, but we do need to do some things to cultivate it.
1: Yes, I saw that too. And he mentioned, the person who posted that mentioned sleep. And Mm -hmm. sunlight and probably Mm -hmm. food. I don't remember the all the things you mentioned, four things, but absolutely given the right tools, for example, or the right fuel, your car is gonna go strong for a long time, but you need to fill the tires with air and put the right fuel in the engine and change the oil periodically, right? So the same thing, our health is too precious to throw by the wayside. You know, and and people who have survived cancer and patients who are going through with it right now are more aware of that than ever. Fantastic. Use that kind of natural wake up call to realign so that your
0: body can be the healthiest it can be. And I love the way you end your Wise Traditions podcast. (laughs) So I'm going to use that same question, throw it back to you. If there's one thing somebody could do today to really boost their immune system to either fight disease or just achieve more balance in their body, what would it be? It has to be
1: gratitude. It has to be to develop a habit of gratitude. I have a little journal. Every morning I write down three or four simple things I'm thankful for. And I don't write them down in generalities, Deborah, I'm specific. Like for the bird that I saw on the branches I was walking my dog, you know, for... Uh, that amazing dinner last night with Amelia, you know, and so forth. I'm very specific because the more specific, the better. It's not just a general gratitude. It's a very specific gratitude. And science has shown that our brains wiring changes with gratitude. It's just a way to get your mind and your spirit and your body aligned with what there is to be thankful for. And so you are in that small gesture of gratitude, you're cultivating health and you're making this world a better place to be in for those around you as well. My
0: gosh, I love the way you said that because I will think about gratitude, but eh, maybe once a week I'll write something down. So you, you write down what you're grateful for daily. Yep. Every day. And I think
1: I was inspired by, um, an author who wrote a book called a thousand gifts Mm -hmm. Anne Voskamp. I think it was. Oh, I think I read that years ago. It's a beautiful little, little book. And Mm -hmm. she talked about being grateful for the bubbles when she was washing the dishes from the soap, you know, it was just so sweet. And so now I'm on gratitude number like 3,900 and something. It's really fun. And so I have a whole journal full of things I'm thankful for. And Deborah, if I could finish with this, let me just say, I even write down things that you don't think I should be thankful for, that one would think, why would she write that down? A, a, a young man I love passed away recently. I wrote it down by faith that somehow, first of all, I'm grateful for his life, but that somehow mm-hmm. his death taught me something about life and maybe even if it's only how precious it is and how I need to value it and hug mm. people more he was a big hugger he had down syndrome he didn't stop hugging anyone and he was mm. also himself i learned so many lessons but i i write down things that are hard too because somehow i have to believe there is something that i can grow and learn from in the circumstance much like you with your cancer
0: right right because i am grateful for it so i couldn't agree more And I just want to give a huge shout out to Hilda and her amazing podcast, Wise Traditions. I, again, I never miss an episode. I binged, listened while I've been out in my garden. And um, anyway, I just want to thank you for coming on. Why did I get cancer? I feel like I learned a lot. Um, I can't wait to just unpack this. And speaking of gratitude, I'm just so grateful and to be specific grateful for your amazing energy and I know you can't see Hilda but she's got the most incredible megawatt smile that just makes me happy so thank you for coming on the show it has really been a joy Deborah. thank you for inviting me absolutely I love my cell phone I love my airpods I admit it but what I don't love is the radiation and electromagnetic frequencies that are coming out of both of those things. So all of a sudden I got this ad on Instagram about this product called WaveBlock. Honestly, it seemed too good to be true. So I called the owner, his name is Ben, and we had an amazing conversation about this product he created basically to protect his kids from EMFs that were coming out of cell phones and headphones and you name it. He explained the whole process to me, how he took it to Europe to get it tested, and how it really can block the EMFs that are coming out of our devices. So I've got a great coupon code for all of our listeners today. Go to the WaveBlock website. It's in today's show notes. Use the code ENOS20, and you can get 20% off of his products. Two of the products that I'm currently using are his Wrap Wave Block for my AirPods, and then I... I also just got a new cell phone and he has a sticker that can go on the back of the cell phone that is also going to help to knock down the EMFs. It just gives me a little bit more comfort I think with using these items. Go to today's show notes to get your 20% off coupon for Waveblock. Thank you for joining me today on the Why Did I Get Cancer podcast. I've got my shopping guide for all of my cancer self-care items in the show notes, along with information about today's guest and our show sponsors. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode. Keep in mind, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a gal that got diagnosed with cancer and wanted answers. If you need medical advice, please be sure to consult with a medical professional. And thank you for listening.